Hi, welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Amanda Teuscher. And I'm Sarah Whitus. And, and uh, yeah, wait, what were you going to say? I was going to say, and it's week nine million and six. I mean, who knows? Who of, knows? Yeah, there's no... It's impossible to tell. There's no way to tell. Um, I... Yeah, there's no way to tell. I just... It just goes on and on. I actually broke up some of the... I got really crazy and went to um, Ikea this week. Just in case. That is pretty crazy. Though I guess Ikea now, if you, like, are going through it, right, because... What I remember about Ikea is that you go in one direction, so you're not going to be stuck. That's true. That's a good point. They were not right? making so it has you some go social in one distancing. direction. Yeah, it's also like, you know, it's like a 60,000 square foot, you know, place. So, yeah. and I went, you know, on a Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. right when it opened. Um, so there was really not very many people there at all. There were starting to be more people when I left, and they actually had a line outside um, because they were only letting... Um, so many people inside the store at once, uh, which was Hmm. reassuring, but it also meant, you know, anytime you're anywhere where they're like only letting a certain number of people in a place, that means that there's a line to get in that place. And it's like, why would you really want to be in a line with a bunch of other people? Um, You know how I feel about lines. Yeah. And none of whom like looked like they were particularly well spaced from each other, honestly. So I was like... When I was leaving, I was like, okay, I'm very glad I'm, like, getting out of here. And, like, they were very enforcing of, like, only one, you know, party of people. You know, if you you could only be in an elevator with the people that you came with. Because when you're leaving and you have, like, a, you know, stuff, you have to take the elevator back down to a parking lot. And, you know, so then, like, it seemed pretty well enforced. They also seemed to only be, like, opening up some of the registers to keep people farther apart and there were plastic partitions at all the registers and everything and like so they were pretty good i was actually just trying to pick up some things that i had ordered um and then because i you i could not get them delivered but they could be picked up after being ordered so i was really just trying to do that and then i got there and they're like oh we don't have like half the things that you we're trying fascinating cool 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 so then i like kind of go inside and do a whole thing but you know, you know i've only like been to ikea up. once yeah it's like because you haven't had a you haven't had a car in a in a long time right so well I mean, it's kind yeah of like i definitely a, haven't had a car since i was 22 yeah. but i also just as 30 rock season one points out there are no Ikeas in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, only in, like, port cities or something. Right? Isn't that... I don't know if there are any... There aren't very many in the interior of the country, generally. That seems right. I think right. it's true. Because um, I remember yes. when my aunt would come visit from Colorado, and one of the first things she would always do, we got to go to Ikea, because there, like, weren't any um, yeah. in in uh in colorado anyway but yeah so the only time i've been to one i had a broken leg (laughs) that sounds very unpleasant well i got a wheelchair and my friend Susie pushed me around oh that's um, nice and we just used (laughs) me as the cart and she would just like put things in my lap (laughs) and i just like would hold on to them and like by the end of through all the show because i just like really wanted to go i i was like 25 i'd never been to a 
and Ikea and Susie was renting a zip car and I was like I will go if you don't mind pushing me around yeah um and she was a true saint and hero (laughs) and but like by the end of all the showrooms there was just like a bunch of stuff on my lap and I like ran into like a co-worker someone that um was much higher up than me in the organization and I'm just sitting there and she's with her mom and a pile of things I was like hi this is my friend (laughs) Susie um I broke my leg last weekend and I decided to go to Ikea so and uh now I'm just like you know shuffling an ottoman around and uh, I haven't been back since probably I mean it's kind of thrilling um because you you walk around and you sort of see the potential for what your life could be (laughs) if only you had better design you know taste and like organizational sense um which i at least that's what i always find kind of thrilling about about walking around ikea is like just the potential of it all um well you know what we do have good taste in in tv how did you know I was going to say I that? Gonna say. But I will say, can I just say quickly, that it was sort of you nice. You still want to talk about Ikea. Well, it was just kind of nice. It was sort of like Have you been waiting like for all week to talk about Ikea <laughs> Well, I only went yesterday. This is why you have a yes. husband, Sarah. Well, Jesus. Amanda, what do I do? Well, I don't do anything. <laughs> I didn't have anyone to talk about this with. But it's kind <laughs> of like it was Talk to your son. Yeah. He did. Yeah, that's true. He's a good thing. He's a good person to balance this stuff He's off. a good listener, yeah. He did not come with me. Um, oh, Okay. Uh, you know, it was, it was kind of inspiring to walk around and like, also, I mean, the, it was also sort of just the potential of a life, you know, post COVID where you're doing things like inviting people over to see your space again, because they have all the mock rooms, you know, and, and it was just like, I don't know. I was like, oh yeah, someday I will have, you know, I will have a, a, a place that I feel like I can share with people again i don't know it was like also weirdly depressing yeah yeah Um, i think the lack of sharing is yeah it was just like i won't have people in my home again until god knows when and yeah i was i just got weirdly emotional in that ikea so that's where that's where we're at (laughs) (laughs) that is where we're at now um sarah just sobbing alone over (sighs) swedish meatballs if only of course also the cafe was closed so you know, oh interesting you yeah. know yeah that kind of takes at least 40 percent of the joy out of the whole thing um but we do have it was a big kind of an interesting tv week um we'll talk about the emmy nominations this episode which came out on uh i want to say Oh, could have been any time between yesterday and three weeks ago. I don't really. And when you guys are listening to this, who knows when yesterday is? <laughs> yeah, so exactly. just know in the past week, Emmy nominations came out. Um, I haven't taken a close look, but I'm excited to dive in and find some strong opinions that I know will be lurking yeah. beneath the surface. They're just ready to come out. Um, but I guess we can start by talking about what we have been watching in the last couple weeks. Um, yeah. what, are, what have you been watching? Um... So I've been watching a few, well, really, you know, I've been, I've really been watching mostly, I've been, I've been staying current on some shows that we mentioned um, in our last episode, which we will probably kind of regroup on maybe the next time we talk, Um, Perry Mason and, uh, and I May Destroy You, but um, I've had a couple of different, you know, core watches recently and then getting 
bored of all of them after like four episodes, which is what happened with Lost. Um, so my current one is the the uh, NBC show Hannibal. I can't believe you're watching that. It is pretty pretty weird. It's pretty weird, pretty demented. Um, Who this, plays Hannibal? His oh Hannibal is played by um, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, oh, I just saw. Doing did you a see lot that really here. funny photo of Mads looking at the sun? No, with, like utter hatred. Oh no. Oh, it's wonderful. Someone tweeted out like, "Have you ever seen anyone look at the sun with more hatred?" And it's just a photo of Mads Mikkelsen walking outside, clearly for the first time in a little bit, and his oh. eyes are adjusting to the sun. But he like looks up at it with just. I'm this googling sneer. Mads Mikkelsen looking at the sun. Um, I bet I can. And. I sent uh, it. Oh, you sent it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna forward you the yes, email. Yes, please, because I'm very curious about. The- he's doing. He's really doing. Uh, he's doing the most. And um, I love him. In Hannibal, no, he's very good. Uh, he's very good. And then this other guy named like Hugh Dancy. I want to say I don't really Hugh Dancy. I don't really know him from anything. It's Hugh Dancy. Who is he? I don't know him from anything. He, um, oh shoot. How do I actually know who this person is? He's very Um, attractive. Um, He's super, I mean, that's probably how I know who he is. Um, Yeah, but I don't really know him What do I know him from specifically? He's married to Claire Danes. Interesting. He's married to Claire Danes. Wow, they have like 40, oh, okay. I was like, wow, they have like 40 kids. They don't. They only have two kids, but one of them has like three names. Um... What do I know him from? Yeah, I'm curious. Do you know him from, I like... I know him... F- I, like... The, you, you said Enchanted his name, and I instantly, like... Yeah, it's Ella Enchanted, maybe. <laughs> no, there's something else. I do not... I was not familiar with him, nor am I... Have really... Have I seen him in anything since? I mean, this show is demented. Like, it is messed up. Um, oh, I... <laughs> I know him, this is very on brand. I know him from this mini series from like the early two thousands, um, Daniel Deronda, with like Ramola Garay. Oh wow! Okay, you're. I think she was also anyway. It's based on that George Eliot novel. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I. I no, mean, she Romalagar was in anyway. That's I'm, how that's how I know him. I'm pretty. But into I have this. seen Ella Enchanted. I don't mean to cast aspersions <laughs> on Ella Enchanted. Ella Enchanted's yeah. fine. Um. I mean, the show only aired for three seasons, um, starting in 2013, and then there was, like, talk of reviving it on a streaming channel, but nothing has happened with that. Um, Weird people in 2020 don't want to watch a show about someone eating people. Well, so far, well, okay, so that is... That is like an aspect. Well, do I misunderstand Hannibal? (laughs) No, no, no. That is an aspect. Is he misunderstood? (laughs) That is an aspect of the show. This, the first. I'm. I only about halfway through the first season, Um, and you know, so far, the like true, like it hasn't delved that far into Hannibal Lecter yet. I mean, we know that he eats people and he's a serial killer, but like, um, I mean. I am in awe that this show aired on network television. It is 
like, I mean, it is really gory. It's really gory. I mean, gorier than most movies that I, horror movies that I would, I would choose to watch. Like, I just can't believe that this got past censors because there is some messed up messed up stuff um but there's a really i mean the cast is really great Lawrence fishburne is extremely good uh love a Lawrence fishburne um caroline davernis from uh wonderfalls like jillian anderson i haven't gotten to her yet but i know that she comes in later oh, on and she's a main character later on um it's very creepy it's very i find it also pretty deeply silly like in a lot of senses just like it just a lot of the it's very some aspects of it are pretty overwrought and like also i find a lot of how the um oper kind of the the relationships between the different characters how they operate and how they operate with hannibal lecter to be pretty unrealistic and silly and like unrealistic clearly but in a way that kind of to me distracts from the seriousness of the show um but it's pretty fascinating i can actually see myself sticking with this one it is really i mean not for the faint faint of well if you do i don't want to hear about it it is pretty creepy i i I also um i i mean silence of the lambs is legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time probably god sometimes i think we're really similar and sometimes (laughs) we are such different people (laughs) i've probably seen silence of the lambs like you know five or six times Um, i don't mean to be dismissive of your taste but what is wrong with you (laughs) it's a great movie (laughs) It's oh, such it's a good so movie. Disturbing. Absolutely. Oh, oh not. yeah, definitely disturbing. It's a great movie though. Jodie Foster is like, I mean, incredible. But I'd like, rather watch Contact. I've never seen though, and or read um, any of the other material that that kind of universe uh, of the sort of Red Dragon, um, Hannibal, Silence of the Lambs universe. I've never read any of the Thomas uh, Harris novels or anything. And and this, like the character, Hugh Dancy's character, like for instance, is of course not even in Silence of the Lambs. He's a character of um, the works that come prior to it. Um, but, uh, you know, so a lot of the material here is pretty heavily taken and a lot of characters are are, are from you know, obviously directly from that universe with a lot of new ones too. I will say the cast of this show also is talking. There's also just like really interesting guest actor choices. A lot of comedians, which I find really interesting. Hmm. So already in the episodes that I've watched, Scott Thompson, um, icon of Canadian comedy, um, is a regular on the show. Um, Molly Shannon, uh, Eddie Izzard, um, actually, you know, even Caroline Davernis, who's who's on the show. I just like I think it's pretty in- some really interesting guest actor uh, choices um, as well. So I'm probably gonna stick with this one. I'm I'm pretty. I can definitely see myself plowing through uh, three seasons, even though it is essentially impossible to watch more than maybe like max two of them at a time. Um, hmm. But also, I mean, kind of iconic show that was a lot of people considered canceled well ahead of its time. Um, 
you know, and, and really just never given a lot of... What's that meme that people have been doing about Hannibal where they say, like, pick a food item? Oh, is make, there a like, Hannibal one... meme? Yeah, so, okay, so you say, like, this might, okay, this might mean something to you. I've obviously never watched the show, but you will you pick a food item, you describe it, and then you ask the person a question. So you'll say, like, um, okay, Pop-Tart. I'll be like, oh, have you ever had a Pop-Tart, Sarah? It's got crispy edges, but inside, <laughs> it's quite pliant. Do you consider yourself a pliant person, Sarah? <laughs> That and is it's like very supposed to be much. meaningful or deep. Anyway, people, I, I saw this and I thought it was funny because I love, I love writing constructions. Um, Absolutely. And that seemed like a particularly silly one to me. Yeah, definitely. And that's like very much uh, in, in line with kind of Hannibal Lecter's, you know, like manner of speaking. Um, and please don't, please well. don't write it or call in to tell me that Pop-Tarts are not pliant i've had a long day i wrote three thousand words well, today uh, they're not and it's not the only pliant. word i could come with <laughs> they're definitely not not pliant i gotta tell you that um i mean in the middle there a little bit pliant oh so interestingly but... okay i see where netflix apparently just added the show um last month or something um and so now there's been recent talks of like whether they would maybe revive it even though there's absolutely no indication otherwise that that uh that would that would be happening but anyway um what about you what have you been watching well you know something pretty similar um gritty and dark and violent um no not at all uh i have been watching a new acorn tv show um very on brand yeah it's good if you want a good murder mystery it's called the broken wood murders which makes it sound creepier than it is um though i mentioned in the doc like i don't know anything that has the word mysteries in the title like is not going to be that creepy but it's new zealand it's a new zealand show um and which is absolutely 100 percent where we all wish we lived right now Um, new zealand um yeah just isolated from the rest of the world and, you know, so it's very, yeah, exactly. They're, they're very, like, short seasons, just, you know, four episodes, but they're all more than an hour long each episode. Um, so they're, you know, TV mystery movies type thing. Um, something I really enjoy about it is that um, connoisseurs of small town murder mysteries might know that often you get... The, the there are constraints if you are if you are investigating murders in a tiny town mm-hmm. there's Jam. the obvious ridiculous fact of the like in reality there would not be this many this this many murders in one tiny town you know one a week right <laughs> but <laughs> like where how are there people still living this there is they've, how all I feel been, about, they've all been murdered this, or imprisoned this is also how i feel about hannibal because it's like every episode they're capturing another serial killer and it's like are there this many totally psychotic serial killers on the loose you know this many clever thoughtful serial killers possibly on the loose in the united states at any given time but yeah Anyway, so the other part of that is that to have variety to the episodes, a lot of these TV shows will somehow introduce just a, an in, 
entire variety of industries in the town and its environs. So they'll have like, oh, there's been a murder at the local ski resort. And suddenly there are mountains. And then there's, there's been a murder at the local acting academy. And you're like, what, there's an acting academy? And then <laughs> yeah, they say, town? oh, there's been yeah. a murder at the, the stables where they have the most famous horse race in all of Britain. And you're like, what? There's a, there's a Kentucky Derby here? And there's just... <laughs> And then they'll say, oh, and then the local university, you're like, okay, I don't, I'm getting the feeling this isn't a small town anymore. And there's suddenly just like all these new characters every episode with all these like rich cultural um, groupings and everything. The nice thing about this show is that while there are still some kind of like, uh, you know, there's a local skydiving school and there's all these things where you're like, mm, you didn't know that there was a skydiving school when you moved to this very tiny town four years ago. But um they do have recurring characters, you know, like townspeople, mm -hmm. um, and some of them are really funny and charming, and so that's kind of nice. They're like, oh, well, I'll just round up the usual suspects. So that's that's interesting. One of them is named Frodo, so there's a lot mm, of, like, like, mentions that. of Lord of the Rings, yeah. um, because it's New Zealand, um, but in a very tongue-in-cheek way. Anyway, I enjoy it. It's There's not much else to say about it. It's about a police detective um, and his partner and another constable but it's fun you can learn there also there's a really hot Maori guy um, mm. so that's fun yeah there's uh, and you learn a lot about like New Zealand culture here's here's one for you did you know that in New Zealand you referred to the mayor as your worship I did not know that of course uh, you didn't know that. Why would you know that? That's insane. It's a little weird. That's super weird. Yeah. They kept, they were calling, the, they were calling, there's this one episode where they're calling the mayor his worship and your worship. I'm like, is this a joke? Are they mocking him? Because that's what Han Solo calls Leia when he's mocking. I'm so confused. <laughs> so I finally Googled it and turns up, turns out that's just an honorific, like the way we would call a mayor your honor. Um, they say your worship, which is so bonkers. Um, Anyway, so learning huh. some fun things, some Maori terms, and yeah, it's well, cool. This is very on brand, and I like this for you. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And what's the uh, show called again? The Brokenwood Mysteries. The Brokenwood. It takes place Mystery. in a town called Brokenwood. Why it's called Brokenwood doesn't matter. They don't need to tell you. <gasps> nope. Okay, so Brokenwood is not like the place. It is the place. Oh, it is the place. Okay, okay, okay. It's the town, mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of mysteries that happen in this place yeah, called yeah. Brokenwood. So, okay. but why it's called Brokenwood, you don't know. Presumably, oh, okay, at okay. one point there was a piece of wood that broke, that broke or the entire forest for was broken. Yeah, no one ever. Or the forest it. was made of broken wood. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, just uh, also, I, but I, it's beautiful. I just saw the picture of Mads Mikkelsen looking at the sun. It's wonderful, isn't it? He really is looking at it with a lot of disdain. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's how my resting face is whenever I go yeah, out in the sun like, oh, after out. being inside all day, yeah. but um, I still appreciate it, so, yeah. Um, all right, it's the Brokenwood Mysteries, and yeah. Hannibal, basically the same show, so. Basically yeah. the same. Um, and then uh, we'll kind of regroup on the other shows that we discussed, um, maybe the next time we talk, let, let those both come to their conclusions. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, 
the other show that we both watched was recommended to me by you. Sure was. Um, and... Which, and it was recommended to me by two co-workers. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, uh, the show is, you know, pretty, pretty, um, gotten a lot of attention over the last couple of weeks. It's called Indian Matchmaking on... You might have seen it. <laughs> Netflix. Yeah, I mean... You can watch it in about five hours. Yeah. Four hours? I think I, I watched it in... Four hours. Two sittings. Yeah, easily. But, um, yeah, just took a couple of hours, and it was a very, very enjoyable couple of hours. It's very engrossing. Um, the premise is, um, there's this matchmaker, Seema from Mumbai, and she is... Which is all basically in the one show. word, the way she says it. What Seema was that? From, it's all basically one word, the way she says it. Seema yeah, from Mumbai. Yeah, when she introduces herself, she always <laughs> just says, Hi, I'm Seema from Mumbai. Yeah. I'm Seema from Mumbai. Um, it's really lovely. I, I wonder if that, yeah, that if that's like a typical thing. Right. Um, <laughs> I was wondering that too. Yeah, because um, when she does it in America, everyone's like, oh, hi, hi Seema. <laughs> yeah, the, she's like at a wedding, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people are, seem less, you know, intrigued by it, or if that's the word, um, in the scenes of her in when she's back home in India. But um, but anyway, she's billed in the show, at least, as in one of India's top matchmakers. Um, so the, you know, the world of this show is the world of high class like high high cast maybe even um arranged marriages and it takes good pains to make it clear that these are not forced marriages mm-hmm. that everyone has the ability to refuse a match and not marry someone though it does border certain with certain people um specifically i'm thinking of akshay on mm-hmm. coercion yeah um on the part <laughs> of typically their parents um, but it is a great time. It involves Seema interviewing the different people seeking a match, um, Americans and Indians, and um, getting their bio data, as she calls it. And then she'll present them later with the bio data of three potential matches, and they go on a date and just see if there are sparks. And the TV show follows them as they go on these initial dates, as they wait for a return phone call, etc. Um, and it, you get weirdly invested in different people's love stories or lack of love stories. And it's I'm I'm still always fascinated by who goes on shows like this. Mm-hmm. I just, I truly don't, because some of them will seem so normal. And I think, but you can't be normal because you're on this show. Mm-hmm. You seem like you're a normal person, but you, you signed forms to be on a TV show for this. That's crazy to me. So. Yeah. I read a little interview with Aparna about, um, her decision to go on the show. Um, and you know she was like i basically was just forwarded like a casting call and i thought it would be interesting um you know seems crazy to me i but we should oh go ahead oh yeah i was just gonna say i find right the personalities are are definitely what makes this show fascinating yeah you have your favorites and your least favorites yeah and like i think it's also interesting in that this show is it's more of like you know, it's a documentary, it, or at least that's the tack that it's taking. It's not 
The Bachelor. Right. There's no, there's no narration. Right. And there's no... Well, I mean, I guess Seema does some of it with really poor audio. Did you notice that? Hmm. A lot of her interviews where she's in that big room, the, the audio was just so bad. Hmm. Interesting. I can't have been the only one. Was, anyway. I mean, I can, uh, I can definitely, right, especially if she's in a large room, it's kind of a little more, a little more difficult. But, yeah, could have had, like, fairly low production values for a first season. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, these are not people who, an interesting observation I read about the show was that these are not people who, um, were presumably who are not trying to manufacture a personality for the fact that they are on a reality television show. Um, in, right, they're not looking to get famous the way most Bachelor contestants right. are. And, inter- and and I think the, the aspect of this manu- you know, of how this is a more presumably real presentation of their actual you know, their actual selves and not their reality TV selves. Also, because all of their families are on the show with them, um, which is, you know, a pretty, you know, would not normally be happening in, you know, especially not a, a dating reality show, but that since their parents are such an important part of the, um, yes. Of the the process uh, of of the arranged marriage. I mean, they're not again like you you noted. They're not forcing them to marry any particular person. However, um, I mean, I learned a lot about. I think it was interesting to have this like, you know, examination of this um, aspect of of another culture. I mean, you know, even though the parents are not forcing them in, into anything. They're a huge part of the thought process in choosing a partner. And, and especially this aspect of, with some of them, um, parents even being there on, on a first date um, with with. Well, yeah, they make match. the point at one point where uh, Seema says that a marriage is a union of two families, so naturally the families want to have some sort of say mm-hmm. in the marriage um from that point of view that's that's logical we might not um think of it that way in our culture but that's a logical way to look at it i think yeah and i mean so it's it's more difficult to manufacture a personality um to get you more airtime or whatever um if you're you know entire family is there while the cameras are rolling and and the families aren't always there but they're there you know all of their families are in some way or or another um a part of 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 the show and a part of their dating journey and i thought it was really interesting to sort of see how the different parents um compared and contrasted especially maybe the parents that were in india versus the parents that um you know had had come to to the u.s uh yeah so can we talk about some of our favorites and least favorites yeah definitely who are your favorites um i really loved rupam um who uh she was the divorcee oh she seemed so yeah she she was, was so like 
like pretty and her voice oh, was she's so beautiful. pretty. I know, and um, she's the one who's. I think she's also a sick, but her father yes. was a sick or is. Yes. Um, and he was on the show, uh, and so that was um an aspect of her searching for and and her first marriage. She's divorced, and and I think that's something else that was a really interesting recurring um piece of the show was the attitude towards divorce mm-hmm. by by every single even some of the participants that you kind of thought were maybe would maybe have like a more sort of you know um modern attitude towards divorce um like Ankita um you know who who found out that her date um, who had a great date and then found out that he was divorced, um, that they that she was angry that she hadn't been told mm-hmm. in advance. And I was kind of like sitting here like, you know, this doesn't seem like, like something. It seemed worth. like you're overacting. Right, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's, you know, if you had a great date, it doesn't seem like it's something. It's And she was kind of like, I'm not so mad that he is divorced, but I'm mad that it was kind of sprung on me. And it's like, okay, I don't really see the difference between those two things, honestly. Um, so, you know, so, so Rupama's divorced, um, and is fully aware, you know, is, is pretty aware of the, um, idea that she's going to have a much smaller pool to work with in terms of potential matches of, of people who would be willing to marry her. And, and, um, and, uh, you know, um, Seema's... In the end, she doesn't. And she doesn't. She doesn't actually even. Right. She doesn't even really. She kind of gives up on the idea of the matchmaking. So Seema also is pretty straightforward with her. Like, I'm not going to have many options for you because of your. And and not only is she divorced, but she has a child. Um, I really liked her a lot. Um, I thought she was very like. She was very down to earth. It was really cute to see her with her her sister and her sister's kids. Um. I liked An- Ankita, um, who is the, she was in India, um, who was the one with a clothing business and kind of winds up realizing that she maybe getting married isn't as important to her as she thought it was um, from the beginning. And also, I thought it was really interesting, the parts where she sees the other matchmaker, who is, you know, mm-hmm. much, kind of bills herself as a more, like, pseudo-feminist approach to this and then she views herself no i think she views herself as more modern more modern okay she has an ideological approach to it and then was really people confuse the modernity aspect of it for her her having more modern views of male female or yeah male female and like gender roles Mm -hmm. because the whole show is very heteronormative and there's a lot of talk about how women need to give up their themselves they are now part of their husband's family and they um you know independence is not something and and she talks to this other matchmaker who's like well what if your husband gets a job in another country you're gonna have to go with him and and ankita very reasonably like, to me no. <laughs> is like no we'd have a conversation right, about it and we would have a kind of partnership yeah. where he would listen to me and we would take both our ideas and she's basically saying I could move with him, but it would have to be after a fair process. It would have to be after we both are in in a situation where we are both considering each other's needs. And the matchmaker was like, you still don't get it. No, it's because you're the woman you go with him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she kind of bristles at that. She was one of my favorites, too. And she ends up um, 
seeing a life coach who seemed a lot more productive for her Mm -hmm. and you know deciding that marriage might not be what she needs at that moment which was kind of cool yeah i i and and has this like really you know interesting uh fashion business that she's trying to get off the ground i also loved both women that vyasar dated um even though they weren't (laughs) really main characters on the show they both just seemed really cool they were good yeah um i find it pretty interesting so i mean i didn't know that you know i didn't really realize that this was like something that was um done with you know kind of millennial uh and younger indian americans um i didn't really you know i kind of assumed i think my kind of outsider assumption was very much like of course like Indian Americans don't do this because why would they want to? Um, but a lot of them do want to, and it's not just a familial pressure. Um, and, and are even willing to, uh, like the fact that a lot of the Indian, I mean, uh, sorry, of the, um, American matches were in totally different parts of the country. And, you know, people seemed willing to potentially uproot their lives. Well, I think the show does a, I think the show does a good job of presenting it as an option similar to online dating. Mm-hmm. It's another way to find a potential match that's not by chance. Yeah. And I mean, so we got to see both of Vyasar's women, uh, w- like both women that he was dating and, and neither of them was local to where he was living. Um, and so he was kind of, yeah, like dating a lot of, you know, a lot. they were doing a lot of dating over Skype and, um, and, uh, and they both seemed really cool to me. For some reason, even though Vyasar seemed really cool on the surface, something about him was, like, weird you're to just, me. So you're just prejudiced because of his, his dad. dad? Maybe. The way they did that, where they were, like, the end of the episode, he goes, well, because I have a family secret. Right. And then there's, like, credits or something, where they were saying, my, my dad tried to... He, he was in prison for 10 years for conspiracy to murder his ex-wife. And you're like, what? Yeah. Um, and it's like a big deal. You know, same with divorce. Like the idea of the, the, the family, I think, is very important there. Um, I loved Vyasar. I wanted nothing but happiness for him. He's another one of my favorites. Yeah, um, he was Can I cool. also say, my favorite, though, is Aparna. And it's because <laughs> she's been hot take so yeah. maligned. Come in and no. a hot take. I, at first, I'm kind of like, oh, man, this woman needs to dial it back. She's trying way too hard. To... She was definitely, I think, in her interviews and on the dates, playing a role of a personality. Mm-hmm. She's trying to be the cutting, you know, funny woman that has, like, really good quips and, you know, kind of edgy humor. Although, Amanda, don't forget that she hates comedy, so... Well, she does hate comedy, right. But I think she's saying that as a joke. Like, there's irony to it. She was saying that because she knew it was funny. I do think she, what she was saying is that she really, like, hates men that are always trying to be funny, that need the validation of someone laughing at them all the time. But she was doing, I thought she was very funny. And she knew she was funny. And it did, the show didn't let it translate well. Um, they definitely did some editing to make her look like she was more socially inept than she was. Um, there were moments on her dates, her first dates, where you're like, oh, she thinks this is charming, but it's not at all. Like, the way she's coming back with their very innocent questions about what she likes to do to relax. Like, she thinks she's being funny, but it's incredibly off-putting. 
I think that's true, but I think she went on a real journey and I liked her the moment she was like, she was talking about her future husband and she, it seemed very genuine. It's like, well, you don't have to see them every day. <laughs> Do you? Every day? My and I loved that. My favorite part with Aparna was where she was on the date with the guy who also dated, um, what's her name? Nadia. Um, yeah. Who's a lawyer. Shekar. Also. Oh, Shekar, right. Who's a lawyer and they're talking about their work and he's like, yeah, I love being <laughs> a lawyer. And she's like, wait, you like being, and she is of course also a lawyer. And she's like, you like being a lawyer. And he's like, you don't like being a lawyer. And she's like, no, I hate being a lawyer. She's like, of course I don't like yeah. that. My mom like, just made Why me would anyone degrees. like being a lawyer? I just like, I hate this job. I was like, wow. I don't know if I would have um, done that on, on a show that my coworkers were probably going to, gonna watch as well but I, well, I she think is that just was... the general counsel at like a like a insurance company yeah. so yeah she doesn't have to worry but anyway i uh i, yeah, I that was funny you have a pretty generous read on her i actually it's not generous i think i'm being i actually giving think her that, a fair shake i think that the uh, the more i think about it the the more i i, I kind of really feel like we we saw the real aparna i don't know well, I, I just think what's real. I think her. we did. I think we saw her like being very vulnerable. She was. She was. She was being very vulnerable. As she the was show trying went on. very hard. It was very transparent. Yes. The kind of person she thought or wanted to appear to be, and she wasn't. And I think you see her kind of coming to terms with that. And on later dates, like with the, I mean, I think a lot of this was definitely editing to give her a sense of like conclusion, you know, but. She is being much more of a generous conversationalist. She's being much more open to other people's opinions. Um, I feel like she went on a real journey. Um, and I just, I want nothing but good things for that lady. Yeah, I want her to find her person. I, I think that, um, you know, I there was a lot of talk with her about how she doesn't need to... To me, she could. Her mom was sort of at one point trying to convince her that, that maybe she could stand a little self interrogation, um, you know, and, and a little more um, self reflection, which I I also think is maybe the case. Just in that, you know, oh, for no sure. partner is you know going to be right. I mean, it's kind of what Seema. We all could use self reflection. Sure, and I, and I mean Seema's her... kind of saying like you know, this is sort of the hardest type of client to work with where they just sort of hand me a, a checklist and they're really not willing to deviate, you know, as if they can sort of order a person like a menu item, you know? Um, and, and that's the hardest kind of client for me to work with. And it did seem like that was sort of what Aparna was, you know, was trying to do. Um, I just want this exact I just think person. she didn't know herself enough yeah. to know how to be with someone else, but... Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, she was getting to know her. She's so. a fascinating figure. The real villains of the show, though, were probably her mom. Now, that's and interesting that you say that because I actually quite liked her mom. <laughs> her mom was so mean. She was like, I told my daughters they can't have one, not two, no less than three degrees. She called that, what was the first guy that... Um, Aparna went on a date with um, she just called him a loser on the camera because he 
wasn't in some high-paying job. She was very Well, mean. so did Aparna. Aparna was also kind of mean with that guy. She was like, as soon as she found she, out she talked, that, she, that he was like, you know, maybe not locked into a career, she was totally turned that's off. Fu- that's different. That's different. I'm talking about just base rudeness. People make decisions about who they want to date based on people's careers all the time. Aparna's not alone. And that's not the worst thing you saw on that TV show of how people were deciding who to date. Like it was, I'm talking about her mom just saying on the camera, like, oh, loser. Yeah. That's rude. That's mean. That's just mean. No, that is mean. That's different than being like, I don't think we match well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Um, But she, I don't think was as terrifying a figure as Akshay's mom. Oh, no. Well, no one is. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Every scene with Akshay and Preeti, his mom, gave me such anxiety because he, that kid, and he's a kid, he's 25, and he is not even that old, I don't think, you know, like, in actual wisdom years. Yeah. He should not be getting married. Yeah. He just, when asked about what he wanted in a wife, he's like, just someone like my mom. He mentioned how he went to school. He had never done his own laundry. And he it's clear he's like, hasn't done it since he came back. Um, he can't hold a conversation. He's so shy. Like, yeah, he, he's obviously he should not be getting incredibly married. Incredibly sheltered. Um, so sheltered. The only actual, like, firm opinion he had when he met who he was to marry was that when she said that she didn't want to just be stuck at home all the time, that she wanted a job, he was bothered by that because he said, who will stay home with the kid? And that's the only time you hear Akshay actually voice like an opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's ironic that his parents are so, and particularly his mom is so focused on him being able to find a wife. And it's like, you've raised a person who like is not very, to me like appealing from a partner standpoint you know no but that's because the mom just wants a do- she she still clearly is going to rule the roost in oh that god home. yeah I mean, and they're terribly wealthy they're so disgusting obscene um, wealthy. and and you know she's like well whatever woman you know you know wh- whoever marries him you know gets this massive you know basically a dowry <laughs> <laughs> like you know for oh, the yeah, woman the, of jewelry the jewels, yeah. yeah um my favorite part with her was where she literally takes out the the blood pressure <laughs> yeah. machine and is like by not marrying you are making me you are giving me i'm gonna die an early death <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh you're, you're giving me a high blood pressure guilt tripping yeah just incredible Incredible, incredible. I mean, so this show is really, um, really interesting. I mean, there's a, I think the biggest um, criticism of the show is that it, it didn't really interrogate its participants enough when it came to the very blatant um, colorism and casteism that yeah, is I was really on, bothered by that display. from from like the first episode. Yeah, There's, it's obvious immediately. Very within like the. F- I mean, immediately. Yeah, within the first like few minutes. I mean, really, and as Seema. Nadia, uh, I think is the first person who is like, actually, which is interesting. No, so I, I th- well, I think no, I, it's within. It is very early. I remember clocking it very early, and I think Seema says something about, I want someone or like well, this person is good because they're fair. Like, she just describes it as 
an offhanded trait, like pretty. Um, and I was like, oh, she means light skinned. Um, and but then and most it of comes them just up, say it. Yeah. They, and it well, it comes up. It, then it just comes up again. But I'm I'm just saying it came up very early on, and I think it was Seema saying it the first time I noticed it, and I was expecting them to. It might have been even like that intro um, scene actually with Preeti before at the very beginning of the show where you just have the interview and you don't know that Akshay is sitting there and Seema's talking the and Preeti's describing what kind of woman her son should be with. I think she even says fair there. So with maybe in the third, I should watch it again just to be sure or people can correct me. But yeah, and it comes up again and I kept waiting for them to somehow not address it like in a way where it needed to be, you know, you know, break. And then someone walks onto the scene and describes, you know, like what's going on. But there, there were no other voices present to push back against this. So it was yeah. just constantly reinforced and validated and normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that to be um, not just problematic, but from an actual filmmaker's point of view, really lazy. If we're looking at this as a documentary, and I know it's difficult to introduce hard conversations, but if you're going to have people saying these things, you have to balance them in some way. Right. And that is challenging. That's hard. You have to find other people to talk to. You have to find ways to introduce an idea. You have to find her maybe with trying to find a match for someone with darker skin and having a frank discussion about it. Like, you can't just talk about it as if saying I need to be with someone light skinned is the same as saying I need to be with someone with a successful career because mm-hmm. it's it's not right no I totally agree with you that's a really good point I mean because I think when I was I was wondering I, when I was watching it I absolutely agreed like this is egregious um but I wasn't really sure how it would have been addressed, but I think that you're, you're definitely, you're absolutely right. right. And I don't know what it would have been. I'm not the filmmaker though. That's not my job. Sure. And I, but, but I think you're, you're right that I think especially with introducing an experience that maybe would have, um, been a, a counterpoint to, to this normalization, of of this colorism you know someone you have a family you know of a person who's looking who is you know specifically seek out a darker skinned participant or a person of a lower um or a muslim yeah or a muslim sure you know someone because that's the other thing is like in who can you know modi's india for them to yes you know yes not i mean that's right absolutely that's, absolutely and it's possible that seema doesn't take any muslim clients totally um, and or maybe muslim case, clients just don't seek her out but like then that needs you to can't be. present it as if it's only uh one sick and one and then a bunch of hindus that are the only people that live in india yes. or yeah and and rich people at that absolutely and i mean i think it's it's it is the filmmaker's sort of responsibility to to seek out a participant who deviates from the kind of rest of the very homogenous cast and and it doesn't even have to be a participant i feel like it could be although someone to me that would be the most interesting way way to that go would certainly it. be the most interesting but, yeah, but if Seema has no clients sort of, like that maybe that's not possible yeah, but my yeah, point is that press back or but or i don't know the exact yeah. the idea that she if that is the case i think that yeah like i don't know pertinent. the yeah i don't know the best way to do this um 
I'm not a documentary filmmaker. Presumably documentary filmmakers would have better ideas than me, but I have been trained as a journalist, and I know that the point isn't so much when the obvious way to introduce something isn't there, then you give up on it. You have to find... That's where the challenge is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And there, there's a lot of very, um, very smart writing... Uh, that was done about this show in the last several weeks, much of which was done by Indian American um, women uh, uh, yeah. media critics, um, and including Sonia Soraya, who's one of the heads of, who I think is maybe the chief television critic, I think that maybe is her title, at Vanity Fair. Um, her, her essay was my favorite. was really I good. found it incredibly yeah, edifying. I learned piece. a lot from it. Um, she had good points. Yeah, and, yeah. and her reflection that she is from kind of a very similar background as most of the participants, um, mm-hmm. like an upper class uh, northern Indian background with parents that were very, um, there was a lot of pressure on, on her. And she acknowledges, you know, she's like, I married a white man, um, which my parents came around to but if I had married a, a black man or a man you know of Indian background who right was seen as like you know who's darker skinned or lesser than me you know it was like seen as like a lower caste or, you know I bet my parents yeah maybe would not have come around to that um and so yeah I mean I, I and there's also a really good uh vulture article by Malika Rao who I thought had a um kind of gave me the the perspective of like you know i which i thought was interesting a comparison of it to the bachelor where she says you know on the bachelor mm-hmm. where judgments mm-hmm. based on skin color happen as a rule um a euphemism that someone is not a good fit veils the truth but on this show um you know she says <laughs> at least it's it's uh warts and all kind of truth um and you know this is this is the rule of uh, a lot of the rule of law, not not rule of law, but uh, this is kind of like this is the way it is in in India, which is Hindu supremacist, um, and it's grotesque, you know, as she refers to it. But like this is how it is, and and it's it's interesting to see that reflected. But but as American viewers, a show that is is you know engineered for an American audience, um, we're given no context about. Yes, yeah. and and that yeah. would have really been um, that would have to, you know so very likely that it gets well, and a I think like season, that's so I'd be curious. Yeah, but you called out one point of um, I I think it was in um, the the Malika Rao Vulture article that her friend. Um, oh, that was uh, actually not in that article. That was in a different Vulture article. But yeah, oh, it was yes. a different one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember reading that, but it was yeah. So anyway. The writer talks about how um, she or they had a a Pakistani American friend who said they would be fine with the show if white people weren't watching it, which I read that. I was like, I totally get that because if you if you are someone who is as unknowledgeable as I am about cultures that I don't Mm -hmm. live in, you know, and you watch this show and. I, I I knew some things, like, I knew enough to, like, question some things and then, like, Google and try to find some think pieces, right? But if you don't know even that much or you don't decide to and you think that this is the way it is and you just accept it, um, I could see that being really damaging. Totally. And if I were, you know, someone that's 
Indian but not represented in this show and there are white people watching this thinking that this is how it is and not wondering and not knowing that things aren't that's not good (laughs) so yeah I read that I was like oh I totally get that (laughs) that absolutely struck a chord with me as well yeah um yeah it really just needed more more context um about about the maybe they'll do that in the second i would be i'm i'm sure i mean given the response that this show got um i would not be at all surprised if it if it gets a a second season so is the do you remember if the the filmmaker is she indian or indian american i don't know if she i mean she's definitely either indian or indian american um but i don't know which it is um and she previously um, ha- directed a, a documentary film right about um, kind of similar topics, similar themes. Yeah, I think also about um, arranged marriages, uh, which I which I, I don't really know much about the the film at all. But, right, but I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I wonder if she hears the criticism and she yeah, you know, if she were to. I mean, who knows what if anything will ever be made again? But um, yeah, but I mean, I it definitely seems like. Uh, like it could the show's gotten a ton of buzz so i mean i just remember yeah. i just mean in like our oh yeah new world yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> yes that too yeah but but yeah um but it does seem i mean it was a popular show on netflix and it, it can't have cost them that much to make. it really can't I mean, although they are flying yeah. sema back and forth from india i i honestly i, would, I biggest, wondered how many trips she uh, well, made. i was gonna say maybe the biggest obstacle to a second season is uh just you know international flights yeah just uh you know gestures broadly at everything around us um when do you think we're gonna get our first like covid dating show people dating wow do you think it's in the works now people uh making a dating show about yes meeting over it's at least been pitched many times yeah and i bet that there i'm not a particularly creative person in the works but if i came up with it i've thought about this a little bit what would be kind of when we'll start seeing covid portrayed in our fictional media you know Um, yeah yeah i can absolutely see i already can just envision i mean it's possible they've already filmed the next season but i have no idea but high maintenance is a show that i'm like 100 percent they will oh and that would be easy find... enough for them to make in quarantine it would be i mean as long as they're i mean most of the episodes are like well i don't know a lot of them well i don't know a lot of them take place in like a, you know several different apartments and but a lot of it's also outside but i can definitely see i was just kind yeah of but they like, can film each of those things one at a time that's true um and i mean usually there aren't that many characters in a, in a show right. like I mean, it's, or at least the format of the show is flexible enough to kind of work around a lot of different, you know, possible ways that people are approaching filming. And anyway, it just seems like a show that I'm like, absolutely, I will, there, there will be COVID storylines and it will be reflected in it. In, and I can see it being actually done in like some really creative, interesting ways. I'm ready for, I'm not ready for it. I'm th- I've been thinking a lot about how, you know, in decades from now, the way we watch so I was watching this horror movie um a few weeks ago and in it Lucy Boynton who um I don't know if you know my feelings about Lucy Boynton, but I'm just really mad about her and Rami Malek's behavior at the Oscars 
two years ago uh, still. Yes. Yeah. They're just super gross. Yeah. But um they she's she just plays this ghost in this movie mm-hmm. and it's supposed to take place in I think eighteen thirteen. Either mm-hmm. way it's early eighteen hundreds. And she is wearing very not eighteen thirteen dress. Like she's wearing I think like eighteen fifties style. It's very it's very early Victorian. And it made me so mad because I'm like, Do you think I'm stupid? It ruined like part of the movie for me. I'm like, no one no one wore that in eighteen thirteen. You're like forty years and these little signals that we use to tell what decade something is, it's like, oh look at those shoulder like that that shoulder silhouette, that was the forties, not the fifties. They've got this wrong. People are gonna be doing that with masks. People are yes. like we're gonna have a TV show like, oh yes. that immediately signals to me this takes place in twenty twenty one because everyone's wearing masks that match their clothes, but their clothes are super old. Yes. Like they've just been wearing them for two years inside (laughs) you're like oh this is 2021 yep absolutely absolutely it's it is weird it's really weird to think about how and it's also weird that we've been living it for so long but we haven't seen it reflected in i mean it's not it's not actually i think because people are still waiting for it to be over yes i think and it's not actually weird that like obviously that you know things haven't been literally produced that reflect this it's just weird to be watching things that like yeah when i remember reading something an interview with Issa ray and she was saying how when she does the next season of insecure she absolutely is not going to include anything about covid in it yeah i mean things change and um since we don't know how long this will last and how much it will actually permeate our lives and whether that will become then an obvious dishonest fantasy sort of thing thing like you know people will change writers are going to change their minds but as of like a couple months ago she was like i'm not going to include yeah the pandemic in in my story so it'll be interesting to see who decides to do it and who doesn't yeah definitely well one thing that is going to be really uh pretty weird is the emmys in... Oh gosh, I forgot. We we talked about Indian matchmaking we, for so long. We did. Long. Well, there's a lot to delve into there. I mean, also it's so just fascinating. To leave you with, Please, if you haven't watched it, you should. Yeah, and if if you know of interesting articles um, for us to yeah. read, I I find it fascinating. I think it's good for me to have different perspectives. Watch the show this. and then learn yeah. more. So please send them our way. Um, but specifically, writers of of color. Um, I don't really need... I'm a white person and I have a take on something. I don't need to hear more. Definitely. I hear Sarah's. That's that's plenty. Oh, yeah. And mine is... Uh, <laughs> Sarah's, yours is great, but we don't need to hear each okay. other anything more than each other's. Well, yeah, I was really happy to see that there were so... I mean, not so many. I mean, I guess I only read you know the two that were by, but especially ones that are by Indian American... Uh, or Indian. Women. I was I because yeah. I remember like immediately looking and being like, God, I hope I hope there's been some good writers on this, and I was gratified that there had been some people that, you know, because like with the, the Beirut explosion, yeah, yeah. From what I know, I don't really watch cable news, but it's just a lot of white experts, mm-hmm. um, on TV talking about Lebanon, um, and not really talking to like people that live there or no. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I was glad to see that there were people that actually understood the experience better than people like me talking about yes, it. Yes, so because I knew really nothing about about this. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, we were also going to talk a little bit about the Emmy nominations. We don't have to like you know do too much on this, but I do think it's fascinating that the Emmys. Yeah, tell are me what be, to be outraged by. Well, I think it's pretty interesting. The Emmys are going to be like the first awards show of this you know awards season uh, to be. For for yeah, I know COVID the BET times. awards. They were just they were like a couple months ago. They were yeah, those that that's right. That did happen um, already, and I think that they did a lot of that also, like from people's. I mean, which I assume. But I didn't watch it, so I. But I I just heard you know some. Well, and I think it podcast commentary on it. <laughs> I think that like I mean it's going to be a similar situation here, which is I think yeah. a lot of the BET awards were kind of accepted by people at, at home who were filming themselves. Yeah. Um, and I assume the Emmys will be the same way. I have no idea if they're planning to have, like, an MC. Because it's in September, it's right? It's in September. Yeah, um, it's, gonna, it's gotta be, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely people are not, like, getting together or anything like that. So I have no idea how they're doing this, but there are nominations. Um so a show that I didn't watch, but you did, really led the way with nominations, which I think Watchmen got the most number of nominations, which I still do. Oh, want you know to that watch. doesn't. Su- yeah, you really should. Yeah. I that doesn't surprise me. Um, it got such good reviews, and um, I think they, yeah, that that doesn't surprise me. It's it's really good. Yeah. Um, it's and I think it's also incredibly of the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it would have, and considering how good and well acted and well crafted it is, and how well received it was, it would have been almost like a snub mm-hmm. or a pointed thing for them to not have um, given that. So yeah, I mean, I assume it's going to definitely win in the limited series uh, category, but a lot of acting nominations for the show too, and and directing and writing nominations. So that's going to be like probably. It's got to be another another quarantine watch that I that I do. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, because like Regina King is yes, so I good believe in Regina it. King. And I, was oh, and she was okay. I'm, I got worried that because she wasn't under Best Actress drama, but um, uh, yeah, it's under limited. Series. It's limited series. Yeah. Yes, it's just the one season. Yeah, because they're not doing a second season. So um, yeah, Regina King was nominated. I would also think she's gonna she's gonna take that that award she she's so good in it um you can't you just like can't keep your eyes off of her and she's wearing a mask a lot of the time so maybe this is the first (laughs) yeah yeah but um but yeah she's yeah it's so good um one category that i find really stood out to me was best comedy um which is there's some real gems and then like half of it's trash um i mean okay curb your enthusiasm which apparently kaminsky oh my god sarah the kaminsky Kaminsky method method again again. they love they love well they love the kaminsky method and they love fucking miss mazel marvelous mrs they love that shit lord and neither of us watched the latest no, season. No, neither did we? of us watched the most recent. We've season. given up on that show. Yeah. Yeah, I just was over it. Um, and it's kind of like weird. A lot of weird shit about that show. Um, but then the other nominees shows that oh, these are good. Are, are There's five really YouTube good ones, aren't there? Hallmarks here. Yes. Dead to oh, me. Oh, we're so ahead of the curve. Insecure, The Good Place, Shit's Creek, and What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. I feel like that's... this category is really just calling out to us. They're yeah, signaling um, us somehow. Man, I don't know. I don't know who I'm rooting for. That's a but tough. I feel a certain like blip with What We Do in the Shadows, just because how 
of how funny well, and like, I found it. Of course, there's like a ninety percent chance that none of those shows win, and actually, it just is. Yeah, so like, I mean, let's not get too excited here, but those are just really, I love to see all of those shows recognized. Yeah, really... um, is this, has Insecure been nominated before? I actually don't know. I want to say no, but I could be wrong. I don't. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Think. It was... Issa, Issa Rae was nominated. Um, nominated in 2018 for lead actress in a comedy, but the actual these, they, the three, it, so it got three nominations well, and this Yvonne year. Orgy was also nominated. Yvonne Orgy, yeah, yeah she, um, that's awesome. Yeah. And then Issa Rae was nominated again. So it got three nominations this year, which I think, um, I mean, it was a really good it season. It was a great season. Yeah. But I think the Emmys might be trying to also, like, diversify yeah. what it considers to be and I say this in a good way. I don't mean that as tokenism. I think they're like right. looking diversify more. what they think of as a good yeah comedy. because yeah. I would I've never watched the Kaminsky method, but I would argue that insecure is better yeah. and more interesting. Yeah. I I know it's more interesting. Um I would argue it's better. I would actually but, say that what we do in the shadows is the best Show See that's of, that's of kind of like group. my instinct of just like to me funny. I think it's the best show of this group and that is really um, saying a lot. I feel like inter- interesting also that Good Place spent several seasons on the air not getting same with Shit's Creek both shows that have been on the thing for a is, while and didn't get any recognition in the first right it's just their last se- right, seasons their last seasons yeah um, it's a very Americans thing to do I would say. Which is funny because I don't think either of them were their best seasons. Yes, agreed. For sure not The Good Place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Shit's Creek, my favorite season, is probably just the second simply because it has that, that, that scene of David crouching in the field with the pitchfork <laughs> that just makes the entire season for so me. Good. But The Good Place, like the best season is got to be the first or second. I would say the second. The first has yeah, like, like some, maybe the second because the first one is figuring itself out. But then the yeah, and the first season. one is great because of the twist at the end. Yeah. But you can't make the whole show about that twist. The second season just moves at this pace that's just exhilarating, yeah. I guess. But yeah, so that's interesting. So there's a couple of shows there that could get like a last season, you know, whatever. But um, I let's talk drama. Um, oh wait, I just wanted to say also oh, yeah. in this category. So just kind of related and kind of not. I mean, BoJack Horseman is nominated in the best animated category, and I just that's so crummy. I just think it's really <laughs> fucking stupid that animated shows have to be siloed into their own thing. Like because they're. I mean, the implication there is that they are less. They, well, than. they involved. Yeah, I think they, they involved less work. Right, maybe, less because, work, or there's like which, less acting or something like that, and like. If there has ever been a show to uh, argue against that, it's BoJack Horseman, which just belongs in the best comedy category. But also... I mean, I guess there's something to say about the fact that there's less involved in creating a show like that than in creating a live action show because of just just how much you have to do, just in terms of how many people, all of that. But in making that argument which I think has interesting points, right? That, But you are discounting 
one voice acting, which is it's good, but also just writing. Like uh, the most important in my, I, it, this is just me, but I think the most important thing in a TV show is is the writing. Yes, and and, and you can't if you just because there's less stuff involved, you relegate something that maybe had I would say better writing than most of the shows under best comedy because we we know that especially the last season of bojack oh my goodness um such good writing like what what are you what are you what are you elevating in importance well, in and TV? i think that with live action honestly you can get away with writing that is not always as strong because you have these actors sort of in front of you especially if you have like very good actors who can right really they can kind sell. of morph the lines yeah and they can really sell material that even may not be as good or you know as clever and or if they're right. very talented physical comedians they can kind of you know but with the with the voice acting and with a show an animated show i mean you're really relying very heavily on the writing I think to carry yeah i think that's everything. right i think you you would if you were to just sit and read the scripts straight, reading Bojack would be a much more rewarding experience, I think, than the other ones. Oh, because yeah, every I line, I think, is very intentionally yeah. written. Yep, I agree. So that just made me mad. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't I don't even love Bojack as much as you. I do love it, and I think it's wonderful and one of the best shows of the past, like, ten well, years. Well, Will but, Arnett will um, go out never having been nominated for Bojack also. So that's mm. sad to me. Um but I don't know. The drama category is a little eye rolly to me. I just don't, I don't care, really care about, about it. it. I I did watch this past season of Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I thought it was whatever. Um, and Bradley and Whitford we both were kind of like eh. also for it, which I don't really. Yeah, he's not it. We were both kind of like meh about Killing Eve this season. It just didn't have yeah, the same didn't magic. Really gel for me. Um. um and I'm so mad about Stranger Things. Yes, like, which is a really stupid oh, season. Stranger Things, oh my god. Nothing nothing is more overrated to me than Stranger Things. Not even Game of Thrones. <laughs> I know. Every year I get more mad about Stranger Things. Back in 2016 when you and Chris and I were first watching it, I was like, this is so fun. And then everyone thought it was so good that it made it less good to me. And I stand by that. I know that seems silly and you know, post-irony or something, but it's just... I have, like, a weird special place in my heart for it. I just don't think it's that good. I don't think it's very good. But I do have this, like, weird sort of attachment to it, I've come to realize. But it's it's, um, (sighs) not very good. No. The more more accolades and praise and it gets and more people are excited about it well, <laughs> the more i dislike that it always indicates to me and this goes for also awards shows like the oscars which like doesn't make sense to me it doesn't add up when a show is nominated for like best whatever but then doesn't get any acting or like stranger things i don't believe has any acting directing or writing nominations so how could I wonder it possibly if it's like be they the pick show? like just the top shows of the year yeah, to I get people I, to watch the right. show and there's like and that's to watch the broadcast i mean yeah i think that there's um definitely an aspect of that the same as there you know i i, I absolutely think there's an aspect of that not that it <laughs> again not that it really matters this year but specifically with drama i think like i'm actually surprised that dead to me was nominated in best comedy yeah. 
but even though I thought it was brilliant, but um, yeah. Um, I do wish that one uh, huge surprise, I think, to everyone, certainly to me, but was um, Zendaya being nominated for her role yeah. in Euphoria, a show that I loved and I wish had been nominated for, I, I think should have been nominated for, for Best Drama, absolutely. But um, but her, her nomination, she's incredible on that show. So I was really happy to see uh, her nominated in the drama category. But the rest of this um, category is boring. A lot of succession actors, which I love. I'm on board. I know, Sarah that's Smith. really funny. I love the idea of them all fighting yeah. for it, too. <laughs> Basically, like, the entire cast, including... Um, what's his face? Uh, James Cromwell for a guest, uh, nominated for a guest spot, um, on Succession. He plays Logan Roy's brother in in a role that I think is pretty funny. He's like, uh, he's like the, um, you know, he kind of eschews, you know, all of the money of the family and just lives in Canada. Um, but... So I, I think actually that's a pretty funny role and, and he's he's great in it, I would Yeah. Like I'm just hoping that. it's Matthew McFadden. Yes. I still maintain that he's the he is the funniest I person agree on with that you. show. He's real he's he's and I think but the thing is that I think they were all nominated I think all the actors are nominated in drama categories. They and the show yeah, is truly a blend, right, of comedy and drama. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too that it's all in drama because I the, the way I like it is to that. approach it as a comedy. Uh, yes, I agree. I can't Fair. stomach it as a drama because the whole concept is distasteful. So I have to approach it in my mm-hmm. brain as this is funny. We're making fun of them, Amanda. You can watch rich people. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's healthy. Yeah, I yeah. Um, I'm I am hoping that uh, Catherine O'Hare just. <laughs> wins the best actress that's comedy. a tough category um, i i know i was like i'd been thinking about it because also i feel like both christina applegate and linda cardellini are so good and dead to me and of course Issa ray it would be lovely to have her just like she was nominated in 2018 as we mentioned um and this season was i think a particularly interesting season for Issa. Mm-hmm. um but I really kind of just want Catherine O'Hara to win. I agree. So, like, I agree. The idea of Moira Rose kidding. It's, it's, <laughs> and I shoot, is so it good. would be, um, oh God, I want her to like, and you know that Catherine O'Hara, assuming that the show is going to be like people, you know, at home or whatever, you know, Catherine O'Hara Oh, it would, would be such a good acceptance speech. Yeah, she would do something like over the top. It would be great. Um, Though I also like, part of me is just like Annie Murphy because. Yeah. You know my love for Alexis in Shit's Creek. I know, but... probably perennially underrecognized as well. I wish yeah. uh, Pamela Adlin was nominated in that category, the the best actress drama. But um, yeah, I love better things. Um, I, I just can't. Also, think that... marvelous is Maisel too. Yeah, Jeez. I know that's that category is stacked. Sterling, wait, Sterling K. Brown was in Marvelous is Mrs. Maisel this season. Oh, is that his nomination? Not wait, it's not for This Is Us. Maybe it was both. I think he's also nominated for This Is Us. It says, unless I'm looking at the New York Times one, maybe they have it wrong. Um, it says Sterling K. Brown, marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, it could be. I mean, I never watched it, so <laughs> yeah. How, I just didn't know. How would we know? I think. Oh, I think. Huh, I think it's um maybe. Oh no. 
No, he's nominated for both. He's in both. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So I did not. Yeah, I don't know what his role is on. Uh, but Goodyear for Sterling mm-hmm. K. Brown. Um, I uh, something else that I so the uh, unstructured reality category uh, cheer. What is that? Is in there. So I think unstructured reality. So structured reality. Oh, you know, is a show like Queer Eye. Like it's yeah, right where there's like a concept and they are executing it. Or like unstructured is or like almost code for a documentary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So or like a cinema verite type thing. Though it's a documentary. Yeah. Um, so Cheer is nominated in that. Category oh yay! For, for Cheer. Cheer and then I don't think that I've mentioned that I have watched most of this show um, on Uh-oh. this show Uh-oh. on on, on uh, BoobTube, but um, uh, Amy Schumer learns to cook is a fun show on the Food Network um, that I have. Watched oh, that's funny concept! I haven't heard of it. It's like a really cute show. It's her and her husband. They're like, you know, quarantined um, in whatever house they're living in. And uh, she can't cook for shit. And her husband is a is a chef. Um, so oh, that's fun. He's kind of teaching her how to cook different stuff. And she honestly, the best part of the show is that she can kind of like she could kind of care less um, about learning anything of it. She's, like, not really, she's kind of just hanging out while she's very much her train wreck character. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, surprisingly funny. She usually makes a cocktail for every episode and kind of shows you how to make, like, a different cocktail because she was a bartender. Um, but I think that show is really cute. It's on the Food Network. Um, Um, I also want to highlight two things I just noticed that I'm excited about. Um, for Variety Sketch Series, a Black Lady Sketch Show was nominated, which is so hilarious if you haven't watched it watch it and also top chef was nominated for reality competition which that's one i haven't mentioned on boob tube that i watched but um have you been have you been a consistent viewer of top chef or you just watched this past season i watched this past season with um uh a couple with like a few friends including friend of the podcast chrissy hi chrissy and um i found it really fun yeah okay um so and it was the it was top chef off all stars and it was in la and it was right it was airing kind of in the first couple months of quarantine um so it was interesting to watch knowing that these people don't know what's about to hit them but they're going all over la and going to these really cool restaurants and they're then they go to italy for the finale anyway i had a wonderful time watching it um so that was exciting for me to see um also, with a Black Lady sketch show, Angela Bissett was nominated for her guest <gasps> turn on a Black Lady sketch for the, show. In, uh, the, what was the name of that sketch? That was so funny. That bitch support was <laughs> definitely one of the best sketches we've seen. She was so good in that. Oh my god, that's awesome to yeah, hear. Uh, I was <laughs> very happy about that. Um, no, I wish that Matt Berry also had been nominated for his work on. I know. Uh, what we do in Shadows. We love Matt him. Matt Berry is a genius. Um, yeah, I mean, I think to me those are like most of the highlights. Oh, it's interesting. They gave a a post. Um, what's the word? Like, they gave a nomination to Fred Willard. As a guest actor. Oh, okay. On which show? 
um, Modern Family. Oh, Modern Family. Okay. Well, good for yeah, but I think that's interesting. What's posthumous? I was like, wait, is something. Fred Miller dead? Yeah, what? he died like a month ago. <gasps> what? Oh, I'm so sorry, you Sarah. You didn't this know. To me? Oh I'm my so sad. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't hear about I it. I truly did not. Wow. Oh my gosh! No, oh, you know what? This was, it like was the in week. May. This was Jeez, the week time I has gone her. by so. <gasps> so I see. Oh, the week after. Sarah, he's from Shaker. Was the week after. Yeah. He's from Shaker. He's from Shaker Heights. Oh my! Everyone is from Shaker. Wow. Jeez. I miss the fact that Fred Willard died. This is. Oh, well, huge. I'm really sorry about no, that. No, I mean I'm. I'm um, I it's I can't believe you missed that. that. I know. Yeah, I see now that it was right after. I like I watched born. Best in Show that night. Uh, so funny. Yeah. God, he's the best. He's probably the best in that movie. Um, that's really sad. Okay, so a posthumous uh, nomination for Fred Willard. That's that's good. Um, and I don't know. Oh, people were kind of going crazy that Reese Witherspoon was not nominated for anything. Um, I don't think people take her seriously, and that kind of bums me I out. I mean, here's the thing. The shows that she could have been nominated for all seemed bad to me, because they were the second season of um, Big Little Lies, bad. Yeah. Um, Little Fires Everywhere, not good. Uh, and Yeah, we didn't... I didn't fin- I never actually finished it. I finished it. It was bad <laughs> um yeah. she's actually i think much better in little fires every or not in little fires. i think she's better in the other little in, show uh, right, the, right i see now I, why i mix those up um i think she's better in big little lies but she's in she's so really good in big though. little Lies. yeah she wasn't in very much bit but you know i mean samira wiley was also nominated or uh, not samira wiley yeah samira wiley was nominated for uh for handmaid's tale and um she's in like maybe like very very little of that. I mean people are nominated for less but then she was also nominated or she also could have been nominated for the um the morning show uh on Apple TV the one that Jennifer Aniston was nominated for um and she wasn't nominated for that either I obviously didn't watch that so I don't know I mean I love Reese Witherspoon I think she's great but I think she you know these are all three examples of like basically the same as again as far as I'm to understand it with with uh, morning show since I didn't watch that but kind of variations on the same type of character so I don't know but yeah, yeah people were yeah, and true. she also produced Little Fires Everywhere and I think she was also a producer on Big Little Lies but um, you know but Little Fires Everywhere got nominated for. I think it got nominated for Best Limited Series, and um, Carrie Washington got, got nominated. So she's, like, getting her producer, you know, bones. But, yeah, the internet kind of went insane um, that, that Reese Witherspoon herself did not get you know, any acting hmm. nod. Yeah, I don't know if that justifies going insane. Yeah, there was but... a lot of memes happening. It was a lot. Um, yeah. So we'll see. The Emmys are in mid-September. Uh, we'll talk about them then, probably. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Also, as a ceremony, I'm very curious to see how this, you know, how it plays out as a ceremony. Also, yeah, in, yeah, in we can capital D times. Um, 
There's, you know, you know the um, magazine in these times? Yes. They're probably like, oh man, our name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're finally relevant. In these times, am I yeah, right? we're finally relevant. <laughs> um, so in terms of what we are watching and not watching, um, like I said, we're going to kind of check in probably on the same the shows that we, we talked about um, that we were watching. But uh, so I assume we will continue to watch those. I am curious to see your thoughts on how Perry Mason has been evolving. Um, yeah, me too. We're right back at you, I should say. And I watched today the trailer for a new Ryan Murphy show. Oh, Amanda, it is called Ratchet. <laughs> is it about Nurse Ratchet? It is. <gasps> it is, isn't it? I just clicked on the link. Yes. Uh, it is quite. Oh, a Sarah Paulson. Quite. Oh yeah. Well, Sarah Paulson, Ryan Murphy's muse. Of course. Yeah. Um. It is quite. You got to watch this trailer. <laughs> it is. It is just okay. classic Ryan Murphy um, over the yeah, top excess. Yeah, I think I'll do that. But I'm pretty into it. I'm pretty into it. When does September yeah, 18th? So September. Oh, we've got a ways so to a, go. That's a, okay. that's a watching that is a bit of a ways off, but I did watch the trailer today. Um, the trailer, the colors are so rich. Oh, my oh goodness. Yeah, there's some real color motifs happening. Oh, my gosh. It's like what he... Because didn't he do that Hollywood yes. show? And it was so stupid. Um, I don't think that, you know, actually, and I don't think it got any nominations. Um, Thank God. It was really bad. It may have gotten. Oh, gosh. I hope not. No, I only watched, like, my roommates were watching it one day, and I I watched, like, ten minutes of it. I was like, this is kind of Oh, I actually got a bunch Um, of nominations for acting. That's crazy. That is wild. Okay. Oh, God, Jim Parsons and Dylan McDermott in the same category. Wow. Okay. Um... So that is something. Um, in turn, I don't know if you have anything else that is on your. Well, I'm going to be in Ohio for the next two weeks, so I will be a watching a lot of Columbo, mm-hmm. which isn't crazy because I already watch. <laughs> Upping your Columbo content. I usually I a routine I've had in quarantine is every Saturday morning is make some coffee and watch an episode of Columbo. A little bit. Um, but no, I probably will be watching Columbo and Murder She Wrote, and maybe something else on Acorn. Um, my mom recently was like, "Oh, you mentioned that one show you watch on Acorn, that Frankie Drake show," and I was like, "Yeah, I didn't really like it." And she goes, "Neither did we." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, well, I'm <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same boat on that one." So, <laughs> so I'll probably watch some other, you know, mystery show one. or something. Yeah. Apparently, my stepfather has been watching um, Warrior Nun, which I also watched the first, like, half of an episode about. And it's not that bad, but I did pause it and not continue watching, which I might still watch. I don't know. I just got really excited about Broken Wood. So I'm going to keep watching Broken mm-hmm. Wood Mysteries. Okay. Anything we're not watching? I'm not sure. Um, I am not watching Hannibal. <laughs> You're not watching Hannibal. <laughs> I am not um, watching Lost anymore. I'm over it. Oh, you know what I'm not watching? And not because I think it's bad. 
Um, I'm not watching that HBO docu-series about the Golden State Killer. Yeah. I don't Same. think... Even though I was I, kind of I don't actually like true crime that much. Um, I find it really disturbing. And just knowing about the Golden State Killer is disturbing enough. And our friend Julia told me recently that in the documentary they actually have one of the calls that he made to one of his victims which is horrifying and I don't I don't absolutely do not want to hear that um so I'm not going to be watching that though I think it's probably really good but also just seeing what the case did to the crime writer that is kind of profiled in the story I I just yeah I don't think that show is for me and that's not what um, my mental health needs so I will not be watching that Fair. okay that's a good that's a good choice um yeah, McNamara, I think her name is... Yeah, Jennifer. yeah, yeah, Megan? Yeah. Uh, Does it start with an M? I want to say Jennifer? Um, oh. I could be wrong about that. Um, Michelle. Mich- okay, whew. Both wrong. We are both wrong. Um, yeah, uh, who tragically passed away um, right yeah. finished with this book, I think. Um, but yeah, that's a good choice. I also seems a little, I, it's, yeah, the fact, I mean, I've been watching Hannibal, obviously, so I don't know if I want to add more serial killers on top of that anyway, but at least those ones are just over the top fictional. And they're, yeah, they're, I, they're not real. I, I, yeah, and they're just like, like absurd. I said, I'm not as much of a true crime person as you would think. I don't really yeah. enjoy it. So I find it really disturbing. Watching, so, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So I think that that's about it for us. Sweet. Good talk. into a lot there. Um, yeah. Tell us your thoughts on Indian matchmaking. Yes, I know you have them. Um, and if you, you don't, them. you should. Yes. Oh my gosh, you absolutely should have thoughts on all of these people. Tell us who your favorites are, please. For all the Aparna fans out there, get at me. Let me know. Yeah, Aparna stands. You know where to find Amanda. <laughs> you know where to find her. Um. All right, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.